Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. But I'm telling you, there is nothing like sitting with a sister stepmom who understands, and she's giving you a hug, and you're handing each other a tissue, and you give each other this, your cell phone number and say, I am here for you. I will pray with you. I will cry with you. I will encourage you when you feel like you can't do it one more day. You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. You know, I can relate to so many moms because of my personal experiences. I can relate to adoptive moms. I can relate to empty nest moms, moms who have had breast cancer, those struggling with marriage issues, so many scenarios. However, there is a scenario that I do not personally have experience in, and that is being a stepmom. And that's why I am chatting with my friend, Laura Petherbridge today. Laura is an author. She's a speaker. She's a coach who understands stepmoms. She is the author of The Smart Stepmom. And that is a book I have recommended so many times. So I'm super excited about our conversation today. Welcome to the No More Perfect podcast, Laura. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. It is for the third time, right? Yes. (laughs) And what we're talking about is we have to tell you a little behind the scenes. Laura and I have, uh, we have recorded this episode. This will be our third time because the first time we recorded it, for some reason, it only recorded about 12 seconds of Laura's part of the interview because it records on two different tracks. The second time, it only recorded six seconds of Laura's interview. We're using a different recording platform this time. So we are hoping that it will record the entire part of Laura's. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Love and hate technology all at the same time. I know, I know. But I have to tell you, the first time I had to call you and say, Laura, um, it didn't record all of our interview. And you and I both, we laughed and we were like, well, we like each other. We'll have another conversation. And then when I had to call you a second time, (laughs) and I said, boy, I am glad that this has happened to me with someone that I am friends with. So... (laughs) Yes, me too. Me too. And there were no worries about that. Happy to do it again. I I totally get it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But we are, uh, we are experts at this conversation. We know where we want to go because we've already done this several times. Uh, We just haven't been able to share it with you all. So uh, I am super excited. I think that even if you're not a step parent, that there's value in listening today because I'm sure you have step parents in your world. And so, um, you know, tune in, listen in. We, um, we, want, we think that this is important for all of us to understand. Uh, but if you are a step parent today, I just want you to know you are seen, you are loved, you are heard. Laura really understands 
your world. And she just has so much wisdom to share. So Laura, let's just start a little bit with your story uh, of, um, you know, really what has been your experience that led you to, to write the book, The Smart Stepmom and um, other resources that you offer for stepmoms. Tell us a little bit about that. So I grew up in a home with two step families. Uh, My parents divorced when I was eight. And so my dad then remarried two more times after that divorce. Mm -hmm. So, and my mom was in a long-term relationship with a guy that I view as my stepdad because he came into my life when I was 15. So I've had two stepmoms and one stepdad myself. Mm. So you would think that would teach someone how to be a stepmom, but (laughs) no, that really did not prepare me for everything. As a matter (laughs) of fact, it prepared me for very little. So I met a man that had two children and they were 11 and 13 when we met And I just really thought this is not going to be that big of a deal. You know, they live with their mom the majority of the time. They come and visit dad on the weekends. And I really just did not view this as a huge leap of change in my life. And Mm -hmm. there's where... There's where all the surprises came. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I understand the step family from both being a stepmom of 36 years. Steve and I will be married 37 years in a couple of months. And so I, I understand it from the stepmom perspective and from the stepchild perspective. Yeah, which makes you really uh, able to understand both sides of that coin. And it makes you good at what you do. So... I totally it definitely understand. gives me, yeah, it definitely gives me the perspective of both. And I think it gives me a softer heart for the stepchild during the times when I wanted to choke his kids. Um, <laughs> it, it helped me to remember, oh, remember what it was like for you when you were a stepkid. So yes, God used that. Even though it was a bad circumstance, he used it. Yeah. Yeah. Talk for a moment about what's going on inside that stepchild's head and heart. Yes, that is so crucial for especially for both um, the parent and the step parent to understand. Now, unfortunately, we as parents don't like hearing some of these things because it makes us feel badly. It meant, you know, we want to believe that our kids have survived this divorce or this breakup or the death of a parent. We we don't mm-hmm. want our kids to hurt. Right. And so when I share with them some of the things their kids are experiencing, it it can cause a step parent and a biological parent to, to think to themselves, no, that's not my child. So I just want to give a little caution or a little warning. It's normal for you to feel that way, but it's vitally important for you to understand the brain of a child that is not living in their biological family anymore, Mm -hmm. because those are keys to making the step family strong. If you'll understand those root reasons. So kids who are no longer in the biological home, either due to a a death of a parent, a divorce, or what we call today a recoupling. So those are people who didn't marry, but they lived together and formed a step family. So that's really the phrase that's being used today to explain that. But regardless of the phrase, it's all the same. For the child, this is a loss. This is a death. This is a grief. And see, if they're under 18, they're not going to be able to explain that like you or I would, Jill, with as adults, with an adult brain that has learned how to process and think through these things. Because they're children, those grief emotions come out in various ways that are usually unpleasant. And so that's partly why I do what I do so that step families can learn, okay, that behavior is based on blank, this emotion. 
Let's dig down into the emotion rather than just the behavior. So yes, children living in two homes have a very conflicted, confused, grieving brain. And we have to address that. Yes. Yes. And even a child who doesn't live in two homes in the case of the death of one parent. And so there isn't another family to go to, but they are still experiencing that exact same thing. It is exactly a deep loss. And you know what this reminds me of and uh, is we talk a lot in our marriage coaching um, about being aware of the woundedness of your partner. And that woundedness happened likely long before you ever got married, like it happened in their own childhood. And one of the phrases we often use is this is not a rejection of you. This is a reflection of what's going on inside of them. And boy, that that little phrase seems like that would be a helpful phrase for a step parent. Absolutely. This, this is not a rejection of you. This is a reflection of their grief. This is a reflection of their loss. This is a reflection of their confusion. All of that makes when we can see that, then it keeps us out of taking it personally, doesn't it? Yes. And it's very easy to take it personally as a step parent, in particular, a step mom, because very often the words and the comments and the behaviors are directed right at you because you are not the biological parent. You are the outsider that is coming into the family circle. And so they view you as, well, things were a lot different and sometimes easier, especially if dad was a single parent dad Mm -hmm. and he wasn't worried about picking up the socks. And if we ate pizza every night and, you know, if dad didn't really, you know, focus on those things, which let's face it, dads have a lot on their mind. They're not normally thinking of the laundry. Um, And all of a sudden this child now gets a stepmom who wants chores done and the dishes done and the dog, you know, walked at a certain time and she's trying to bring a nesting or a family feel to the home. But the child doesn't view it as that. The child is like, whoa, we had rules and things that were okay before you got here. So you're viewed as an interloper and that puts the target on your back for their grief. And it just totally makes sense. Mm, So you almost kind of become a scapegoat. Yes. Wow. So important to understand that. And I know I've heard you, I've heard you speak multiple times on this topic. And I know one of the things that you have said is how often step kids will become adults and sometimes will come back and they're able to see it as adults, what they couldn't see as kids. And, and it doesn't always happen. You don't always get an apology for being that scapegoat and the way they treated you. But sometimes that does happen because at that point, their brain is more developed. They have the maturity to be able to look back and say, wow, I, yes. I, I didn't treat you well. That There's numerous factors that play into that. Number one, was how long mom and dad were separated before the parent got into a new relationship. Mm -hmm. The second is their age, what age they were when all of that occurred. Mm -hmm. Um, How quickly mom or dad moved this new person into their life and expected the child to view them as a family member. The faster the parent does that, the less likely the child is going to bond. Uh, If it's being forced upon them, you have to let that happen organically. Um, The other factor is if the biological parent allowed the step parent to do more of the parenting or discipline. Yes. See, the child resists that very, very much because they are not bonded to that person. See, a child has a hardwired bond to their biological parent. They have a desire to be close to that parent even when they're teenagers and they act like they don't. (laughs) Right. But they don't have that with a step parent, especially in the beginning, the first few years. So if that person becomes the disciplinarian 
or becomes the boss because the biological parent either doesn't want to or is too tired or is afraid that the child won't like them if they set rules and boundaries, there's a much greater likelihood that the child will reject the step-parent because they just view them as coming in and being a dictator. There's not the relationship. So there's tons of factors that factor into that. Yeah, yeah. So really, uh, the focus on on building that relationship first um, is super important. And we'll get into the practicals of some of the things that we can do for that. But, um, you know, I I heard years ago, uh, it was like, um, when rules are bigger than relationship, you get, you get rebellion. rebellion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, you see that in this dynamic where we really need to prioritize the relationship piece. Um, and that's hard. That's hard for us. So, yeah. so we've talked about what's going on inside the child's world. Let's talk for a moment about what's going on inside the step parents' head and heart as they're going into this relationship too. Typically, they are very eager to bond with the child or while they were dating. It's very common for the child, especially younger children, to have embraced this new partner for mom or dad. You know, they like them. They go to the zoo. They go on trips. They do fun stuff together. So it is not at all uncommon for a kid, um, especially under teenage age, to, to be okay with mom or dad's new significant person. Yes. However, I wish I had a dollar for every single couple who has emailed me and said, I don't know what happened. The day of the wedding, it was like a light switch and something flipped in this mm. child that all of a sudden they don't like me anymore. They don't want me. They're trying to push me out. It's obvious they're trying to separate the their parent and I. They're doing everything possible to be a little brat and to, to do things, manipulate the situation to split us up. Mm. What happened in one day? <laughs> right, right. And see, what happened was we, we underestimate what children are understanding. Children before the wedding knew, okay, this is my dad's friend or my mother's boyfriend or whatever. But when they see us get married, their little brain understands, uh-oh, I just moved from the front seat to the back seat. Yeah. Wow. So when, you know, when a parent becomes a single parent after a divorce or death and the child moves from the back seat, into the front seat where your spouse used to sit. Yeah. This is all emotionally I'm talking. Correct. And and so when you get remarried, now your new spouse has to sit in the front seat. Well, where is the kid going to go? Yeah. Back into the back seat. Do you think they go there willingly? Right. No, they don't and they don't like it. Mm. They don't like it. Yeah. Because that makes they sense. feel they feel like they're losing a part of their parent. Yes. And you see, they've watched their first family crumble. And this creates great insecurity in them that if my parent remarries and I get moved to the back seat, maybe this won't stay intact. You see, as adults, we can process that and think, oh, no, no, no. This hasn't changed my love for you. This hasn't changed how I view you. This, you know, nothing has changed in our relationship. But the child knows, oh, he's now sleeping in the bed with my mother and the door is closed. I used to be able to run in and out of there whenever I wanted to. Right. There's a new person that is in my parents' first priority life. And the child is very threatened by that. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. where you get that rebellion. And that's why you see it at the wedding. Um, my little nephew, I always share this story, buried his face 
in his mother's wedding gown. He was about four and crying, stay plain, mommy, stay plain. I want you plain. That was the only way his little four-year-old mind could communicate. I don't want you to get married. Wow. I want you to stay just my mother. Yeah. Now he he loved my brother, his new stepdad. He loved my brother, but it scared him. Yes. Yes. And that's how it came out. I'll never forget that day if I live to be a hundred. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cause you just saw that little wounded heart or fear. Fear is we've not used the word fear, but boy, there's a lot of fear here. And and to to recognize that fear that's rising up inside of them. Wow. That's right. So Laura, one of the things that you often say is that your journey of being a stepmom, of navigating all of these issues has really uh, strengthened your faith. And um, talk about that. Talk about how that has strengthened your faith. What has it taught you spiritually? Uh, in your life? Yes, my my signature statement is that becoming a stepmom taught me more about how to love like Jesus than any other experience in my life combined. Mm. And that is because as a step-parent, you are in a giving, sacrificial role for mm. people who may never say thank you, who may resent you for being there, who may reject you, they may slander you, lie about you. Every single thing that happened to Jesus when he was on earth and people rejected him, yep. most of those things will happen to a step-parent at some point. Mm. Now, it's not because you're a bad person or a bad Christian or you could be the Mother Teresa of stepmoms. <laughs> yep. And still have stepkids that aren't happy that you are in the picture. Yep. And so what I mean by that is I had to continuously get my source of strength and my significance, my identity Yes. Not from being a stepmom, not from being a wife, not from even being a Christian leader. I had to consistently go to God and say, if you don't remind me who I am right now, I might not make it through this stepmom. Yes. Thing. Yes. Because it doesn't feel good. I don't like it. I'm rejected. No matter how hard I try. That's the most common thing stepmoms say. No matter what I do, even if I make them their favorite cookies or I buy them their favorite gifts, why do they still dislike me? Yes. And that goes back to what we said before. It has nothing to do with you. Unless you're being a horrible stepmother, that's possible. But <laughs> if you're if you're being a godly loving stepmom that's really trying, mm -hmm. you have to recognize this isn't about me. Nope. This is about their pain. Yep. But boy, Laura, if we don't understand our own woundedness from our childhood, our previous relationships, I mean, one of the biggest things Mark and I work with people on, individuals on, like we do couples coaching and individual coaching. And oftentimes in the individual coaching, what we're working on is people's struggle with rejection, which happened in their own childhood because they experienced maybe, maybe they grew up in a broken home and they had that, that loss or that rejection in the home that they grew up in. They don't even realize they're carrying this woundedness in their own heart. So it's super hard because then you become a part of these, this scenario as an adult, and it's actually raising up your own hurt. And your it own does. Woundedness. It triggers all. I, I had a very painful childhood. I dealt with a great deal of uh, rejection in my mind. I, I believe my parents loved me as well as they knew sure. how um, because of their brokenness. But um, I contemplated suicide several times as a teenager because I was so self-loathing. 
Um, and then I began drinking. Um, mm-hmm. So I had a lot of childhood pain Yes, that I was bringing into this marriage. And just like you say, those two stepsons were triggering. It was like a PTSD almost. They were triggering. You aren't loved. You aren't wanted. You aren't good enough. You aren't anything. And so as that would trigger that, and here's another trigger that I didn't expect Their dad was such a fabulous dad, still is a fabulous dad. But I mean, he would do all the things for his sons that I always wanted my dad to do, you know, like show he would go to every basketball game and paid his child support early and paid for the extras orthodonture and didn't fight over all of that. They got the dad that I always wanted. And so when when they would be disrespectful to him. When I would hear them talk badly about him or to him or disregard him or or view um, or not love him back or he they would make him cry about things that he felt he was doing wrong, it made me so angry at them. I am just telling you, Jill, I could have slapped him across the face. Sure. I just wanted to say, do you have any idea how lucky you are to have a father who cares about you like this, who shows up, who does all of this for you? Not everybody gets this. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the areas that God had to go, okay, Laura, now, now we're cooking high gear. You're really triggered now. And I had to get a lot of help for that because it was triggering my own childhood pain and my own childhood losses. Yes. Oh, I, I think this is so important, Laura. I'm so glad that we went here because um, this is important stuff. And so one of the things that I'm thinking uh, that is important is that this may be a season of life for you to do some personal counseling, for you to do some personal healing, and that's going to benefit you, but it's also going to benefit your family because then you're going to take that, I'm taking things personal out of it because you're getting more emotionally healthy. You're realizing that this is, you're kind of, it's kind of like, you know, they say that um, to re- to uh, remove impurities from uh, silver and gold, they heat it up and then the impurities raise to the top. Well, suddenly when you blend two families, it's like it kind of can, it can heat up. And if that is heating up, some of our own stuff, I wouldn't call them impurities, I call it woundedness, is rising up. Sometimes it is impurities, it's sin, like it's jealousy and it's anger and it's, you know, I mean, it's okay to be angry, it's not okay to sin in our anger. So some of that raises up, but boy, um, if we can recognize, hey, this is maybe a season that I can really pursue some personal growth, that can be really helpful. And let's remember that the biological parent, it's it's stirring some things in that person, too. Yes. So my husband was dealing with issues, you know, while I'm all digging all of this up and being triggered, he's dealing with the guilt and the shame he has of his two children not being raised in the kind of home that he was. He was raised in a very loving you know, mom and dad, very happy, small town, typical 50s family that you saw on television. Mm -hmm. That was my husband's life. And now here his boys are living between two homes. They are not experienced. So he had tremendous guilt. Yeah. And that was a large part of why he didn't want to discipline or set boundaries, because he didn't want their time together to be filled with you know, chores or negative, or he he was afraid they wouldn't want to come around anymore. And many dads face this. And so that's why they won't discipline to the degree that their wife thinks they should, or Mm -hmm. the parent, the biological parent thinks they should. Mm -hmm. The, the, the parent views the step parent as being too harsh and the step parent views the parent as being too lenient. Yes. 
Yes. Oh, I'm quite and there's sure. there's where the rub comes. Yes. yes. And sometimes, yes, this is a time where you could get help as a couple. But I also want us to recognize that sometimes this is a time where you might need to ask for help as an individual and to yes. work through your own junk in the trunk and your own stuff that's being raised up and your own shame and your own messages and all of that. So important. Wow. This has been so good. And yes, I can so so see, you know, we have a God who understands. He understands the hard parts of life. He was betrayed. He was um, falsely accused. All of those things that you mentioned earlier. And so if we can recognize that our God understands us and if we can truly take those hard parts of life and particularly for step parents, when they're feeling like they're being falsely accused, um, they're being uh, betrayed in some way. Uh, wow. They're being misunderstood. Whew, Jesus was misunderstood. So the more we understand that our God understands us and that we can also look to his word to understand how he handled those things. Yes. Um, and that he doesn't design us to do all of that alone. This is yeah. why I've created stepmom circles. This is why I have social media for stepmoms. This is why I continue to do stepmom events. Yeah. Because the, the women are completely transformed when they come to something like that. It's, I, I wish I could somehow paint a picture of how different they come in the door feeling full of shame and discouragement and I'm never going to get good at this and will they ever love me or accept me and by within two hours of being around other stepmoms that understand yeah they are laughing I mean sometimes they're crying but it's they're crying together because oh my gosh I finally found somebody that gets it that understands what I'm going through yeah. And it's like any other crisis in life, like breast cancer that you had. You know, mm -hmm. that's why there's support groups for that. Right. And everything else in life, this is why I continue to draw stepmoms together. And unfortunately, today, so many stepmoms think they can get that through a computer. And I love Zoom. I love podcasts. I love all of that. But I'm telling you, there is nothing like sitting with a sister stepmom who yeah. understands and she's given you a hug and you're handing each other a tissue and you give each other this, your cell phone number and say, I am here for you. Yeah. I will, I will pray with you. I will cry with you. I will encourage you when you feel like you can't do it one more day. Yes. And I just can't stress that enough. Yeah. Well, you know, yes. And there's, there is, there's something about being with other women who understand what our life is like, that is so life-giving. Um, it is so affirming and, uh, you're right. Uh, it, it is the importance of being in person is huge. Do you know that I get husbands that send me emails or, you know, send me something afterwards and they'll, they'll say this, this is what they say. I have no idea what you did to my wife. But she can go to this event every year because yep. she has come back a changed woman. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love that. And, you know, we used to get those at Heart at Home, too. I yeah. so remember those. I got many of those emails from husbands. And they said almost the same thing. So, so important. So, uh, Laura, this has been such a good conversation. And there are so many details that we could go into, so many uh, but it's way more than what we can do in a podcast episode. Um, I highly recommend those of you that are listening to get Laura's book, The Smart Stepmom. Um, I highly recommend that you also check out her events and her resources. We will put all of that in the show notes. We will make sure that you have all of that information. Um, but Laura, let's just let's talk about a couple of practical things before we bring this to a close. Um, I made a note while we were talking earlier, what are some ways that a step parent and a biological parent can help a child move from that front seat to that back seat? What are some things that they can do that will acknowledge that, but also uh, help that to happen 
without the trauma or as much trauma, because I don't know that you can take away all the trauma of it, but what are some practical things that can, can help with that? Yeah, that's a great question. The first thing is to start out, to give it a, a, a season of time. Like, don't tell the kid, you know, on Saturday that you're getting married and then get married two weeks later. So it's taking time as you spend time with your child alone. Um, you know, this can be driving to school. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a set thing. Sure. You're tucking them into bed at night, you know, little casual conversations of where, and we'll just use the dad as an example, since I deal with stepmoms the most, you know, hey, Joshua, wh what do you think of Susie? What, what do you think of her? And, you know, well, dad, I like her. She's nice. She's got a, her puppy is cute, you know, that kind of thing. And so little by little, you talk to the child a little bit more about that. And you gradually bring in details about what it's like when a couple gets married. Okay. And so, you know, um, I don't know if you remember when mom and dad used to be married, but, um, you know, Susie and I are giving some discussion to possibly getting married. And that would mean she would be living with us. And so would her daughter and her dog. You know, you want to you want to explain that in the yeah. age appropriate. Yeah. Um, the key thing to do is to spend a lot of one on one time with your child both the before and after marriage right. okay the number one mistake in particular dads moms do it too but in particular dads they are so eager to become like a nuclear family like okay we're all going to be a family now we're you know everybody's insta family um that they try to do everything together they are constantly, now when we go to the zoo, when we go even to pick up groceries or whatever, we're doing everything as everybody is together. And the child is feeling like they are losing their parent. Yes. So the number one thing a parent can do in that is to carve out specific times that are only you and your child. Yes. Before courting, during courting, and after the marriage. And if it's Saturday morning breakfast, you know, just dad and Joshua go to breakfast every Saturday morning. And if you are marrying someone that is bothered by that, here's a little red flag. Mm -hmm. If you're getting ready to marry someone who says, well, we're one big family now. You, you shouldn't be doing that alone with your child. That is a huge red flag that they are not ready to become a step family mm. because they need to understand this is not about everybody becoming Insta family. This is about processing everyone's grief, including the children. And the number one priority is making sure your children don't feel like they're being left out of this new circle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. And so you really have to make an effort at that. You know, dads work a lot. And so sometimes I hear so many dads say to me, well, I can't do that. I'm working so much. If you won't do it, if you don't have time to do it, then you shouldn't be getting remarried yet. Mm. Because your children will not process that new relationship well mm -hmm. if they feel they are losing you. Or if dad goes and picks up the kids and brings them to his house and then he leaves to go to work or he leaves to go, you know, play hockey or whatever. And the child is then spending all their visitation time with the step parent mm -hmm. and not with the parent. Right. And see, that's a huge mistake because yeah. the child is there to bond with their parent. Mm -hmm. not the step parent or the new step siblings or the new baby they had together. And they become very resentful of that. It feels like the new family got their father. Mm. You see that happened to me. Yeah. I only saw my father every other weekend. The first time he got remarried, he adopted her two children and then they had a baby together. And her two kids, who were not even biologically his, 
and their baby together got the dad that I wanted. They got him 24-7. Wow. Right, right. And so why wouldn't there be resentment that these other three kids, two of which are not even yours, get to have my father and I don't get any time alone with him. I get no, I get no one-on-one with him. Yeah. And so you see how that could cause resentment and, and all it would take is for the biological parent to make sure they're spending one-on-one time with their own children. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That is such an important piece of wisdom. Okay. One other practical thing before we bring this to a close, and that is, Let's talk about the other side, the step parent who needs to bond with this new child or children um, that they have um, married into. So what are practical ways to bond with that child? First thing is to let it happen organically. Okay. Don't allow it to be forced. And it's not uncommon for the parent in that situation to be pushing the child, oh, this is your new dad. Oh, this is your new mom. And especially if the other parent is gone Mm -hmm. or has abandoned, Mm -hmm. you know, this is now your new father. This is now your new mother. And we're all a family. You know, when the parent pushes that or tells the child that they need to call this woman mom or dad, When the child does not feel comfortable with that at all, they feel like it's a betrayal to their own biological parent. Even if the parent is not there, children are fiercely loyal to their biological parent, even a bad parent. Sure. And so the first thing is let it happen over time organically. Don't force it. Mm -hmm. Do little itty bitty things that that child likes. So, for example, if you got a kid, that little girl who you know she likes to cook or likes, you know, do you want to help me make cookies? You know, okay, something like that. If she says no, let it go. Don't become offended. Don't view it as rejection. No, I'm not interested. If you're the stepdad, you know, would you like me to throw some baseballs to you? Would you like me to take you to, you know, you find out what the kid likes. Yes. If they like dinosaurs, go to a dinosaur museum. I mean, get into the child's world and and learn what they're good at or what they like and praise them for it. Mm-hmm. Wow, Joshua, you you drew that in school today? Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Um and so now Joshua may grab that painting and go run into his room and not, you know, act like I don't want you looking at my painting. But you see, it's still communicated. I care about you. I see you. I see that you did something good. And so continually praising the child for things that they're good at or that they do right. So often we only see the things the child does wrong. Yeah. Thank you, Joshua, for taking such good care of our dog. I appreciate that you love him and that you you feed him his water every day. Thank you for doing that. So it's organically little things. Sort of think of yourself as an aunt or a grandma, like the little things that an extended family member would do over time to build with a child. That's what you should do as a step parent. Yeah. And do not become the disciplinarian. Mm -hmm. The biggest mistake, I'll leave you with this. The biggest mistake step parents make is they parent more than the parent. Mm. Do not parent more than the parent, even if the parent is refusing to parent. Mm. Boy, that's hard. The only time there's an exception to that is when there's someone in danger. You know, if the child's threatening to hurt someone or set the house on fire or cut themselves or hit, you know, the animals or whatever, you know, when there's danger or somebody could get hurt or something like that, obviously you can't ignore that. Yeah. But you have to step back from the temptation to parent more than the parent because it backfires. Yeah. 
And I know that your books get into that and you talk about that at your seminars and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, wow, important wisdom. Um, obviously, we've just barely uh, opened the the subject here and, and dealt with things, but wow, what a good conversation. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You've mentioned several things that you have, uh, several resources, but tell, tell us uh, some specific resources. Uh, you've got another book. Uh, is it a, a step-parent book as well? And then uh, tell us where people can connect with you and where they can find out about uh, what you have. Yes, you can always go to my website, thesmartstepmom.com, thesmartstepmom.com. All the books are listed there. I have five books. All of them are listed there. And I'm working on a new one, looking for a publisher. That'll probably be a year, year and a half away. Mm -hmm. But my newsletter is also where you'll get all Mm. the information about upcoming events. So you go right to the website, click right on there. You put your email in there and you'll get the newsletter um, you can opt out of it at any point. So don't feel like you're going to be inundated uh, with stuff like that. And of course, I'm on social media. Uh, same thing, Smart Stepmom or The Smart Stepmom um, all over Instagram, Facebook. I don't do Twitter very much. Yeah. Um, and I'm just learning more about YouTube. So that'll be coming in the future. But um, yeah, I I hate technology, but I realize it's a necessity. So <laughs> Yeah, but yes, you can find me there, and the website is always the best place to go because from there you can find anything. Yeah, well, I know that this is coming out in you know I like I like my episodes to be timeless, but this is coming out I think second week of September, twenty twenty two, and you actually have a uh, a smart step mom event coming up. When is that, Laura? That is the last weekend of September. So September 30th, October 1st, and that is in Memphis. And the Friday night is for anyone. So that's a grandma, an aunt. I mean, you may have extended family. You may have step-grandchildren that you're wanting to learn more about what can I do to help, you know, the family blend. And, or you may have a sister, a sister-in-law, you you know, you just might want to learn more. So the Friday night is for the couple, the individual, for anybody that wants yeah. to learn more about step families. And then Saturday is for the step mom. So gotcha. that is for any woman dating, engaged, or married to a man with children. Gotcha. Okay. Wonderful. And if you're listening to this episode and it's already past that event, that's okay. There will be others. That's why you get on Laura's email list. That's why you uh, follow her on social media, check into her resources because uh, she is passionate about this. So Laura, would you be willing to close in prayer um, for Absolutely. those? All right. Yes, I would love to. Almighty God, We thank you that you love us no matter what stage of growth we are in. Even if we don't know you yet, you're you're looking and loving us. And so I pray, first of all, if there's anybody listening to this that has never chosen to give their life to you, I pray, Lord, that this would be their moment. This would be their birthday, their spiritual birthday. Of where they say, you know what, I've been trying to do this on my own for so long. And and I'm taking three steps forward and two steps back and I need help. Mm-hmm. Today, Lord, let that be their day where they reach out to you and say, I need you, Jesus. Yeah. I need you. Forgive me for my sins, for trying to do this on my own strength. I trust you. I believe in you. I want you in my life. And I surrender over to you. Teach me what that means, Lord. Teach me. Teach me how to become a Christian. And we thank you, Lord, that you're always available. You never, ever turn away from us to anyone who reaches out to you. Yeah. Never. You're always seeking for us. Yeah. And I thank you for that, God. I thank you that you did that for me 42 years ago. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think I'd be here right now if you didn't. And so, Lord, I also want to pray for any step family or extended step family or anybody that's thinking of forming a step family 
that's listening to this right now and they're confused or maybe even a little discouraged, help them to know, Lord, they can thrive in a step family. They just might have to refocus a little bit. They may need to learn their roles differently than what they thought it was going to be. And I thank you for what being a stepmom has taught me, how it's grown me, how it's made me more like you. I thank you for the husband you've given me and that we've made it 37 years in a circumstance that could have easily, easily been torn apart. Yeah. And so you're a good God. And I, I, I don't even know how to say thank you other than to say, take my life and, and use it for your glory, Lord. Mm-hmm. Let it be a shining example that there is no person that is too far from God to turn around and make something, you make something beautiful out of their life. Yeah. Who would have ever dreamed that I would be doing what I do now? Thank you, Lord. Based on where I was as a kid, that broken kid in that broken family who didn't get to see her father, who was so lonely and desperate and unloved. Mm-hmm. And now here I am. You're, it's living proof, not because there's something special about me, but because there's something tremendously special about you. Yeah, thank you. You are the one true God. There is no other. There's no place else to run or go. You're it. And I'm so grateful. Thank you. I pray these things in the mighty, holy, majestic, perfect name of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free ebooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.